Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article titled Understanding the Value of Grass in Nebraska. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Mitch Stevenson, who's the University of Nebraska Range Management Specialist based at the Panhandle Research and Extension Center. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Stevenson. Thanks, Aaron. It's good to be here. Well, Dr. Stevenson, when we look at the value of summer pasture in Nebraska on a price per pair per month basis or on a price per head per day, if we're thinking about a stalker or a yearling, we have some of the highest priced grass of anywhere in the United States. You know, in my mind, there's really three things that probably primarily drive this. First is when we look at Nebraska, the amount of irrigated corn residue that we have really provides a lot of winter grazing, and we see quite a bit of crop residue used in Nebraska as a winter feed resource. And the fact that in many cases, this is a fairly inexpensive feed resource, in some cases means in Nebraska, we can actually winter a cow cheaper than we can summer her. And so that's kind of a unique thing, I think, for Nebraska. Another thing that really, I think, drives some of the value of grass in Nebraska is just the value of feeder cattle and calves that are here. And that's really, I think, in my mind, primarily driven by the synergy we see between corn, cattle, cattle feeding, and also harvest facilities in Nebraska, just when we look at the amount of red meat produced in Nebraska and beef being the major driver with that. And then I also think when we look at how Nebraska ranks, we're somewhere in that number four area in terms of beef cows, and we have a lot of vocational ranchers who their primary enterprise is, is cow-calf or cow-calf stalker yearling, and they're always looking for opportunities to try to grow their business. And so when grass comes available for rent, there's a fair amount of competition for that grass as vocational ranchers are looking to add that to their current enterprise. As you look at what ranchers do in Nebraska and when you look at uh, things that you see people do effectively in terms of growing and harvesting this grass, what are some key characteristics that jump out to you for those who do that effectively? Yeah, and Aaron, you, you really summed that up well, I think. You know, I looked at the numbers today that our ag economists have been putting out at UNL uh, since the 1980s. And, you know, it really is fascinating how the price of grass really jumped up, especially in that 2013 to 2015 period, correlated with some of our cattle prices at that time as well. And, you know, it's kind of, it slowly started coming back down for some of the areas, but still it's really valuable grass from that standpoint. And, you know, I mean, as such, we really have to think about how can we manage that effectively? Uh, you know, oftentimes as I talked about this, I say it's the marathon game, you know, our grassland management is the marathon game because in Nebraska, one of the other benefits we have are fairly resilient grassland, but they can only take so much and, and consistent overuse and, and overgrazing is going to start shifting that species composition to species that are not as productive from the standpoint of as a forage uh, for livestock. And, and typically, that also affects things like biodiversity, carbon sequestration, water infiltration, a lot of other variables uh, are tied to plant production. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, the producers that are, are really watching their grasses and really making sure that, one, they're not consistently overutilizing them every year, that heavy stocking, especially in a drought year, is going to start affecting your forage production. So it's those producers, regardless of grazing system, that can manage adaptively and either pull cattle off when grass reaches a certain uh, use uh, and have other sources where they can move those animals to, to really maintain those grasses that they have. Another thing I really see that effective producers use is the timing of grazing. So they, they really work hard to shift when that 
when that ground is grazed every year. And, you know, our grasslands here in the Sandhills, as well as in the Panhandle, we have, they're both warm and cool season species. And so those species are going to be growing at different times. So if you can adjust grazing year to year, uh, so you're not always grazing the cool seasons right when they're trying to grow uh, in the spring, or you're not always grazing the, the warm seasons when they're in the summer, really tends to make those species more vigorous uh, and, and, a, and a stronger component of the grass. And then the last thing is, that I really see is valuable that a lot of producers provide is, is rest to their pasture. Uh, they know that they pastures need time to recover, especially growing season time to recover. And I think those are the, some of the main things that I see producers use to really, really benefit their plant communities. And, and the ones that we see get, I, what I would say, more harvest efficiency or more of that plant material goes into the animals because it is so valuable. We want to try to capture as much as that as we can without harming those grasses that are out there. I really see that they're able to maintain a grazing system year round. And so they're able to graze it once during the growing season and then come back in the dormant season when it's not as uh, harmful to some of those grasses, take more AUMs off that pasture and then still provide growing season rest going into the next growing season. Those are just a few things, Aaron, that I really see are, are, are key things that some producers use to maintain their grasses. So just to recap a little bit of what I heard you say there, Mitch, is people you see who do an effective job have a planned, timed, controlled grazing system. They're thinking about the resource. They're understanding the value of growing season deferment, meaning I don't want to graze the same pasture at the same time, specifically during rapid growth windows, whether that's occurring for a cool season grass species or a warm season grass species. They're paying attention to stocking rate, thinking about how much of that forage or biomass am I taking. They're probably doing something in terms of monitoring, in terms of looking at plant health uh, trajectory over time. Uh, something else I heard you mention is the availability, or rather I should say the uh, opportunity, seeing the opportunity to manage with some flexibility. So when we have a really productive year in terms of forage production, maybe we're able to take more than we normally would or on average would. But then when we get into some drought situations, they're pretty quick to think about how do I destock in terms of removing cattle from that grazing resource so that we're not damaging it long term. Uh, those are some things I think that are kind of the key pieces that different people fit together differently, but seem to be consistent things that those who are effective do to capture the most value they can from this resource. Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. And, you know, I'm really kind of interested in, you know, looking at some of these grazing systems and these grazing strategies because, you know, some of our research would show that you can continuously season-long graze at a light stocking rate and still have pretty uh, vigorous and healthy rangelands. The, the thing that I really see in some of these grazing systems or this time-controlled is it does help with that flexibility. It really helps you and see how much grass you have in front of you because they're not in just a single pasture, but it also takes a higher level of management and typically higher stocking densities. Uh, so we have to move those cattle more. And so, so labor, fencing, water, all that comes into play there. And it may not always be practical in some situations if you don't have that, all that in place. But I really do think that that can help because with higher stocking density, by and large, it, it's been shown that that increases the amount of harvest efficiency. So when I say harvest efficiency, that's basically the amount of grass that goes into that cow's mouth and is used by that animal. And so when we really look at grazing on a, let's say a season long uh, summer grazing where they're out there during the whole growing season in a single pasture, 
uh, again, at a light stocking rate, that can be that can be a very uh, appropriate uh, way to graze. And a lot of people do it and still have really pretty good rangelands. There are going to be some areas that get overgrazed, especially those those areas that they really frequently use waters and other things like that. Uh, but areas far away on the other side of the pasture may not be used much at all in that situation. But typically in those situations, we say about 25% of the total biomass that's out there is going to be uh, utilized by that cow. So it's going to go into that cow's mouth. Uh, when we look at some of these, these systems that have higher stocking density, we can oftentimes bump that up and still maintain our grasses. You know, it could go up to 30%, 35%. Uh, maybe even more in some situations, but I'm fairly conservative in, in how I recommend people stock their pastures because uh, I'm, I'm really uh, I'm really mindful of maintaining that plant community that's there. But with some of these plant systems, that can make a huge difference in the number of animals that can sustainably be grazed on a pasture. And it does provide some of that flexibility because as you said before, if you're able to manage it a little bit more and look and see, um, you know, I, I know how many pastures I have left. I know how much grass can I get in a, in a wet year. You can have stalkers that you can pull off in that case and know how much you'll have for the fall and winter. And so, so there's a lot more things that you can do uh, to really be flexible in your management. Dr. Stevenson, are there some resources you would recommend or places people could go to find more information on some of these grazing systems and how they might have value or application to their individual situation? Yeah, absolutely. If, if you go on the, the UNL range and forage, uh, you, can, you can Google that. Uh, and, and there's a website there uh, that can take you to some extension dot publications and other things that go through some of these uh, grazing systems and grazing strategies and some of the research that we've done in looking at some of these different systems on rangeland. One, uh, one particular uh, uh, extension publication through the University of Nebraska here is called Grazing Systems for Nebraska Sandhills Rangelands. Uh, and it was put together predominantly looking at some research that was conducted at the Barter Brothers Ranch south of Bassett, uh, but, but has just some general thoughts in terms of, of how to manage within different strategies and within different systems uh, for rotational grazing. Well, Dr. Stevenson, I appreciate your perspective. Again, I think as we look at the value of grass in Nebraska, and uh, when we value an AUM here, if we say it's worth $30 per AUM, which I think is probably fairly conservative in some places, it's worth more and some others maybe a little less. But if we look at that on a per ton basis, actually into the belly of a cow on a air dried forage basis, you know, it's somewhere in that 75 to $80 a ton. And that to me just again, highlights the importance of understanding the value of grass. And I think also heightens the, I would say return to those who manage grass well and can find ways to effectively grow and harvest more of that in a way that maintains or improves resource. So appreciate your thoughts today. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here, Aaron. So for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Uh, Dr. Stevenson already mentioned some of the resources there that can be found also on their range management resource website. At the BEEF website, we do have a set of extension circulars that are available that also highlight and address this topic.